0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast, recording on a Sunday morning after the Los Angeles Clippers beat the Charlotte Hornets 125 to 98. An all-around great game. Another great defensive effort by the Los Angeles Clippers as they held Lonzo Ball and Terry Rozier to a combined 6 of 22 from the field. A great game for several players. Paul George was excellent. It was good to see Kawhi Leonard, obviously, chip in with 17. And all around, you look at the Clippers and you get that many guys in double figures, 7 total. And you're going to cause a lot of teams' problems we got a really good show for you today. Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film will hop on. We'll talk about yesterday's game a little bit. We'll also get into some trade deadline stuff and the whole point guard situation with the Clippers and all the talk that continues to swirl about the Clippers needing a point guard. And Justin and I differ on something. So it'll be fun to get into it and talk to him about what the Clippers need to do at the deadline. But of course, before we get there, i got to tell you about what we have over here at Hootball. It is incredible. If you're into fantasy, you need to get the fantasy pass. really is the best deal in the industry. $4.99 per month. Now that we're in the regular season, zero commitment. Sign up for one month for 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. I know you're going to love it, though, but it's nice to have that option. It has everything, really, you need to dominate and win your fantasy league. I know we're getting close to the playoffs, and now really is a really good time to get in because the HoopBall Discord server has the trade advice uh, chat. It has the ad drop chat. It has the streaming chat. It has just the general tweet storms by Adam King and and Dan. I mean, it's incredible what we have here at HoopBall with this Fancy Pass. Of course, there also is the updating projections, fancy appraiser tools, pickups, drops. That Discord server, though, is absolutely awesome. It's just like Slack. So go ahead. Please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com. Click on the Fancy Pass ad just below the main media wall. All right. Enough of me. You don't need to hear me talk by myself. Let's bring in my buddy. Let's bring in Justin Wilson. Every single time we have this guy on, I try and get better and better with my intro. And I was thinking yesterday, what's the best I could do to introduce Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film? And I'm like, you know what? I got it. So now, joining the podcast, the fully vaxxed Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film. What's up, dude? <laughs>
1: Yo yo, I was not <laughs> expecting that for the intro. Uh, I'm happy to I'm happy to be on. Uh, that's funny, man. Um uh, yes, I am thankfully fully vaxxed. Um, it's a blessing to uh, be one of the people that um can benefit from the miracle of modern medicine in twenty twenty one. So I'm happy to be healthy. I'm happy to be here to talk some clipper basketball on this uh we're recording this Sunday um, morning, afternoonish.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, I was pumped to have you on, and I am just stoked to talk about the Clippers with you. But before we get to the meat of the podcast, which is going to be talking about the trade deadline, the point guard situation, where the team is, the doom and gloom that continues to surround this team, I, I do want to chat about yesterday. I didn't really get a chance to watch a whole lot. Since I was out with my wife. But, caught some things here and there. You win by 27 against a team in Charlotte that I think is vastly underrated in the public opinion area. And you hold two guys that have been unbelievable this year. In Lonzo, or Lomelo Ball, pardon me. And Terry Rozier to 6 of 22 from the field. That tells you a lot about the defense. And I know you tweeted about it last night. About how the team, again, continues to hold another team under 100 points. We can talk about the offense all day, all night, and we'll talk about the offense a little bit later, of course, with the point guard situation. But the defense, man, is starting to rear its head, and it's something I talked to Shane Young about during the um, offseason, oh, not the offseason, the all-star break. And I said the frustrating thing with this team is they've got the pieces. When you have PG, when you have Kawhi, when you have Pat Bev, when you have Zoo, when you have guys that can play defense, it's frustrating when they don't. But now I think we're starting to finally see what this team can do defensively, right?
1: No, I, absolutely. Um, I I said this a few days ago that um, this Clippers team, their issue is not inability on defense; it's consistency. And um, you know, to me, it's it's it has um, maybe a little bit to do with the fact that they have an age issue. Um, it seems like they have kind of an issue with summoning that defensive level of intensity um, on a game-to-game basis. But, yeah, the last couple of games, they've looked to be a little bit sharper on that end of the floor. And as we head towards the stretch run here, um, heading into the playoffs, it's really I'm really hoping that we see um, their defensive potential on a more consistent basis because it's dangerous when you say um when you try and to turn it on on that end of the floor uh come playoff time because it doesn't matter what round um it is whether it's the first round the second round the conference finals you, every every round is going to have uh Luka Doncic uh Damian Lillard uh CJ McCollum or Donovan Mitchell and and the J. and Mike Conley like or Devin Booker and Chris Paul so like you're not you're not running away from any sort of uh matchup every matchup is going to be like tough and if you're not capable defensively um then it's going to be an issue so um for me thankfully in my opinion i think this team can defend at the highest of levels um and offense isn't an issue it's just a matter of whether or not they can put together four rounds worth of defense and um it starts now it starts now we're in a stretch run and um we 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 defended Dallas well the last, over that um two game um road 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 series against them and then we came home yesterday. I think we did a really good job defensively again. So this is like you know we often talk about offensive streaks, right? This is a defensive streak that we may be building, and that's something that I'm hoping that we see for at least the next like ten games because consistency on that end is what's going to carry us. We have an elite offense.
0: Let me ask you something because I've Always said that I'm not someone that can break down game film quite like you and other guys on Twitter, whether it's someone like Shane or someone like Justin uh, Russo on Twitter. I mean, you, you guys are able to look at these sets and figure out what's going on. And you guys have obviously you played the game, you analyzed the game. I want to ask you about the defense. Is there something different in terms of how the defense is changing? Is there something being put in place by Tyloo? Are you able to see something when you watch these games that's different from what we saw earlier in the season that's maybe maximizing the abilities of certain guys like PG and Kawhi?
1: Um it's it's lazy. It's it may be lazy, um, for what I'm about to say, like it but it's it's true. Um really the difference is effort. And availability like, you know, we struggle defensively, but like Patrick Beverly, who's our best point of attack defender, hasn't been available to play. And when he has been half of the time, he's on a minutes restriction. And um, aside from that, uh, I don't I I don't think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in particular, those are our two um, best defenders on the team. And I don't think that they have brought it at an a level on a consistent basis and it's a tangible difference when they do Um, they are, they are getting through screens easier. They are flying around. They're rebounding. They're getting into their defenders more. They're digging at the ball. um, They're switching with fervor and not just giving away easy switches. Um, Those are the things that you look for with this team when it comes to defense, because a lot of times, Defense has a lot to do with profile your physical profile. You're not going to be a good defender. If you're short, you're not going to be a good defender if you have short arms, etc, etc. But that's not the problem with this team. This team has a load of guys who are like in the 6'5 to 6'8 range with long arms and they're agile and mobile and they can guard multiple positions and they all have been in the league for a minute now so it's not like these guys don't have the IQ or the physical profile to be adequate on that end of the floor so what you're looking for is for like guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and like Marcus Morris even to be more consistent in their effort right like you can't close out you can't close out lazy on shooters you have to switch hard to deny a Passing lane. You have to get into guys. You can't um. You can't fall asleep watching the ball when you are on the weak side. Stuff like that. Um. I pay attention to, and when they're good, they're great. Like they 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 they've shown it this season. It's just not. It's it's it just hasn't been on a consistent basis. And again, that's what's going to carry us. Um. Is their effort level on that end of the floor? Because. From Marcus Morris to Nicholas Batum to Paul George to Kawhi Leonard to even Patrick Beverly, who's short, but his wingspan is is incredibly long for someone his size. Um, we have and Evita Zubak is like maybe the best defender on the team. We have the capability to be an elite defense, especially when it matters. So on that end, it's kind of comforting, right? Because, you know, um, that it's there. So it's just a matter of them putting together a stretch of games consistently where they're paying attention to detail and coming at you defensively with the effort that matches their natural gifts on that end of the floor.
0: Well, it's comforting, but it's also frustrating, you know, because when you watch a performance and you see the way they try defensively in certain games where they hold a team under 100 points and you see them flying around and then you go and you watch a game a couple of games ago, you were posting some film from early on in the game where you could tell they were just lazy in the rotations. (laughs) Against New Orleans. Yeah, and they were just slow to get to guys. I mean, they knew that Lonzo Ball was the guy they had to guard from distance and they didn't, they just left them open. It, it's lazy defense. And so you said, yeah, you know, it's nice that you know that it can go and they can defend like that. But at the same time, it's one of those things that you and I talked about before the season even started, Justin, where we said you need to play like you would in a postseason game. And you need to right. give that effort that you would in a postseason game. And I understand that it goes up a couple of notches in the postseason. There's no doubt about it, but to take games off defensively, That just doesn't fly with me. It's frustrating because it's bad practice and it gets you into a routine that you shouldn't be in. You should be going to work every day and putting forth maximum effort. There shouldn't be days where you go and you're 60%, 70% because in the NBA, you do that and you're going to lose a game. And now we're at the point, Justin, where every game matters. I mean, you are dancing into some dangerous territory in these things because the West is damn good. I mean, it is balanced. We thought earlier on, you know what, Utah's going to fall. Phoenix will fall. It'll be the Lakers and Clippers at the top. Everything will be okay. But, dude, Phoenix isn't falling, and Utah is still really good, and there are teams behind the Clippers that are going to threaten. So they need to start acting as if every game is important because if you put forth the defensive effort that they did yesterday and you stop guys like Rozier and Ball like they did yesterday, you're going to win a lot of games, but it's – Comforting that they can do it, but it's frustrating that they're not doing it.
1: Well, you know, I was um, I actually like last week I was talking to someone that's like um, really, really high within the Clippers front office. And he told me um, there is no magical scheme to help you defensively, uh, especially when this team has the defensive talent that they do. It's all effort. It's all effort, 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 and um, you know, the thing that with this team is, uh, again, they have an age issue where sometimes they just look so old, and it really shows themselves. It really shows itself on that end of the floor. Um, it shows itself on offense too at times, but really on that end of the floor, that's that's a little worrisome because it's a matter of can they be that good defensively consistently and consecutively when the playoffs come. But um, I have faith that like they're locked in now we're in a stretch run. And um, you know, one thing I wanted to say was um, the Clippers operate in pretty good process most of the time on offense. Right. Um, But you know, some nights teams are just going to make shots, which is what happened on the second game that we played against Dallas last week. Um, and that's why we need our defense to carry us on a consistent basis, because there will be a night every here and there where we're not making shots, you know, over the last like 13 games or so we're shooting 35 percent from three, which honestly accounts for a lot of our struggles, because if you are shooting that poorly from three, um, even though you're getting good shots um it's a problem if you're not defending on top of that you're compounding that issue so um i think i think as we kind of positively regress soon and we find our three ball back we know we should be in um solid waters as far as like the sk- uh, as far as the record is concerned but yeah that end of the floor is what i'm locked in on and that end of the floor is what i'm paying attention to as we head towards the playoffs because that'll tell us a lot
0: yeah, and talking about the offense, I mean, yesterday they shot 52% overall, which you're going to win a lot of games shooting 52%. And you mentioned 35% from three. That's exactly what they were yesterday, 12 for 34. And more importantly, from two, they were really good. I mean, they were 33 of 52 on their twos yesterday. I mean, that that's really, really good. And they finally got to the free throw line, which is something that everyone's been talking about. And Paul George got fined because of it that they haven't been getting the calls and they finally got to the line 23 times yesterday and they made all their free throws. That doesn't happen often where a team goes 23 of 23 from the stripe. So you shoot the way the Clippers did yesterday, you're gonna win a lot of games. And when PG is eight of 14 from the field and four of eight from three, and he's putting together the performances that we saw earlier in the season, and you add in 10 assists from him, then you're going to win a lot of games. So I don't think that we have any really questions about the offense. I, I think we know the offense will be there. And the games that they lose, they're going to get open shots still. and It's just going to be a matter of them not knocking them down. I mean, we've we've seen time and time again this team gets a lot of open looks and yep. just won't make them. And that happens. I mean, that happens. If, if you follow what you've been doing, you're going to win games. And that's what that was what my frustration was with the Milwaukee game. You go all the way back where the team decided to go ISO for the final four or five minutes. Follow your offense, man. Keep running your offense. There's no reason why you need to have your offense change in the final four minutes than in the first four minutes. Keep running your offense and get yourself open looks. You start going ISO, that's when you lose games. And you try and play hero ball, and that's what happens. You lose games. So I think the one thing that's nice, Justin, is that this team is kind of learning some lessons throughout all this. And that's definitely a positive. I think I'm more positive this year than I was in years past because, A, I think Ty Lu is 1,000 times better than Doc Rivers. As much as you and I love Doc Rivers when we talked about it, how we prefer, how we we liked Doc Rivers. And we thought, you know what? The hate towards him was unnecessary. But we're now seeing that Ty Lu is a guy that makes adjustments that we never saw Doc Rivers make. And that's where my confidence is. That's number one. Number two is I think that PG is up a level than what we saw last year. And I think he does have some, you know what, got to prove the haters wrong type of thing. So offensively, I think that I think the Clippers are okay. I I do think that they're okay. Um, But there is the whole point guard thing and I'm going to bring it up. We're going to talk about it, Justin. And and you were floating earlier in the week. You were just talking about um, what Zach Lowe was talking about on his podcast. And Mm -hmm. you said that he was mentioning Pat Bev, Patrick Patterson, um, one of the youngsters, Fio Turo and a couple of seconds for Ricky Rubio. And you said, quote-unquote, nasty trade, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> okay? Nasty is what you said.
0: Yeah. Explain
1: why. Well, I, again, I, I'm i not sure that a point guard is what we um, need if it's somebody like a Ricky Rubio, Um like let me let me ask you this right mm-hmm. so we get into a playoff series and we're playing the Lakers right do you want Ricky Rubio making the play while Paul George is standing on the corner or or in the in the corner or on the wing no right so you want Paul George to have the ball and so when people talk about the Clippers needing a point guard I, the re- biggest reason why I push back to that is Paul George is the point guard. Like, he is our point guard. He's our initiator. You saw it last night. Um, he had double figures in assists, and a lot of them were like real assists where he's drawing to hitting the pocket pass for Zoo, et cetera, et cetera. So I, do, I think the issue is not that we need a point guard. It's that Paul George and, to a lesser extent, Kawhi Leonard need to be great with the ball with as far as their decision-making when it matters. Um, Ricky Rubio does not shoot well enough to be on the floor for me when it matters. And he does not have enough juice as an individual score um, when it matters come playoff time, because you know, we're going to play off in the playoffs. The game slows down. It's more in a half court. And we have the number one half court offense in the NBA. Uh, some of that uh, obviously then, A lot of what we do is working. So I just think that, you know, I'm not against trading for a point guard, but I want it to be a talent upgrade. I want it to be somebody that actually helps us. And I don't see Ricky Rubio saying he comes to the Clippers and it's like, oh, that's it. He's the point guard they needed. They are now the favorites out in the West. They should win it all. I don't see it. He doesn't shoot well enough. He doesn't score well enough. And for that matter, neither does like George Hill or, or anything like that. So I, I'm looking for if I'm trading for somebody, I'm trading for somebody that can at, le- at the very least make open shots. At the very least, I have confidence that they can make open shots. They have a little bit of juice with the ball or something like that. I just don't see that with Ricky Rubio. His stint in Minnesota this year has been less than encouraging except for the last uh, couple of weeks or so. So when I said it was a nasty trade, it's more so because... I don't I don't see why I would want him to have the ball against the Lakers in game four of the second round in like the fourth quarter. Like I, I, I just I would rather have Paul George having the ball. And if somebody's got to be off the ball, I want a shooter. That's why Um. I'm kind of a fan of if we could get. Lonzo ball in some form or fashion, because I'm somebody that is a believer in Lonzo ball as an off the ball wing, honestly, um, not, not as a point guard, but more as a wing. And he's somebody that I think actually fits with what we are trying to do in the makeup of this team. Ricky Rubio, George Hill, not so much.
0: Let's take a quick break from our conversation with Justin to talk about our friends at my bookie March madness is in full swing The NBA second half is here, and I know you just want to make a couple of bucks. You wonder, where can I do that? I'll tell you where. MyBookie.ag. Their rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. So the only place I trust to handle any bets, whether it's on college basketball, the NBA, NHL, Premier League, golf. It's all there. On my bookie. I do not give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do. And my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. Speaking of the best, if you need a little bit of help or you just want to look to see what others in the business are thinking about who they're going to bet on, go ahead, maybe sign up for that wager pass on HoopBall. You can hear from our pros. Devin heads up that department, one of the best college basketball handicappers out there. He does a tremendous job making sure that you win some money because guess what? He wants to win money too, so he's going to help you win money while he wins money. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with MyBookie. You just answered my follow-up question, because I was going to say to you that you're replacing a point guard in Ricky Rubio with another point guard in Lonzo Ball, because you just said you want PG to have the ball in his hands, and it really does seem like, Forget Lonzo. It, you seem like you just want another shooter. It doesn't need to be a guy who's a point guard. You just want another guy that's going to be a shooter because well, Patrick Beverly's a guy that he doesn't have the ball in his hands all the time. I and mean, this is not a guy that's averaging a huge amount of assists despite being a point guard on a team that's pretty good. So it really does seem like you're talking more shooter than you are talking point guard.
1: Well, I think we have to um, get get away from like the the. The, the names of it like Patrick Beverly Is not a point guard yeah he's not a point Guard Paul George is the point Guard Nicholas Batum when He gets the ball on the elbow is The point guard for us they are the guys That are initiating the plays and Doing the quote-unquote playmaking stuff And I'm fine with that Paul George Is our 200 million dollar man Who has a really great Handle he has terrific size he can Make the play and he can shoot I'm fine with letting him make the play And if we are going to go that route, which I'm okay with. And I actually like that. Then you need somebody off the ball that can make shots, maybe be a secondary playmaker of sorts off of like a Paul George pass or something like that. And Lonzo ball can do that. Lonzo ball is having a career year, but if anyone's watched, he has not been the point guard there. He's not playing on the ball. In fact, in fact, the Pelicans are doing a lot of having Zion bring the ball up the court and initiate stuff. They're having Brandon Ingram initiate stuff. And even in college, his best his best attributes were off the ball. So I, I, I just don't... I think when people think of Lonzo Ball, they think of a point guard. But he's actually not really a point guard. He's a 3-and-D guy, much like Patrick Beverly is, except he has a little bit more juice as a passer. And, you know... Sorry if I'm being long winded here, but if you if you look at how the Clippers fare offensively this year when they've been healthy and Patrick Beverly has been on the floor, they've been fantastic. So the issue is not to get an upgrade at point guard. Patrick Beverly is just fine playing off the ball next to Paul George. The issue is finding the backup for Patrick Beverly in the event that he gets injured. finding somebody that can replicate what Patrick Beverly brings. And that is what Lonzo Ball, at least in my opinion, does. And that's why I'd be such a fan of him joining the team.
0: Yeah, and let's not forget that the rep on Lonzo Ball for a little while when he came in the league was that he can't shoot. And his numbers still aren't that good. I mean, he's shooting 42.5% this year. He's at 38.5% from three, while
1: most of the team is over 40%. uh, But like, he takes, like, I think his three-point rate is at, like, 60%. Like, he takes a ton of threes. So, when you say that he shoots 42%, it's not as bad as you think, because he's, all of those, almost all of his shots are coming from three. That's why his three-point percentage is, like, 38 39%, but, which almost mirrors his actual field goal percentage. And that's why, again, like, he's not the dynamic point guard that a lot of people think that we need but he is a player that we need because he replicates a lot of what Patrick Beverly brings to the table and
0: to give us the exact stat it's 64% of his shots are threes um so there you go yeah 296 attempts and 461 or rather 461 attempts total 296 attempts from three so yes for sure the the still he's below 40% he only shoots 42.5% from the field so it's not a guy that shoots all that well but here, here's where I want to bring something up, because in that post that you said, um, when Pat Bev obviously was in it, one of the things you said was that that in order the solutions for PG and Kawhi to be healthy, and for the team as a whole to be healthy, I think we need to stop with this whole, when the team is healthy, this team is going to be unstoppable. <laughs> I think we finally need to hit this point and people need to understand it, and they need to stop bringing it up. This is a team that's filled with injury-riddled players. It's filled with PG, Kawhi, Patrick Beverly. Those three guys continue to get hurt every single year. We need to now stop saying, well, we would have beat you if the team was healthy. Guess what? Part of basketball is having availability and being able to play. And at this point as great as Patrick Beverly is and how good the Clippers are when he plays versus when he doesn't play, you now need to start focusing your attention towards guys that you know are going to be available. And that's the thing now where you bring up that trade. I'm okay with it because you're not using the other guys. You are trading away pieces in Patrick Beverly, not available. Patrick Patterson, rarely use him. Sure, it's nice when he chips in every once in a while. Fee Oturu, the Clippers have shown that they struggled to develop players. Terrence Mann has been very good. Apart from that, so far, nothing. And a couple of seconds. The couple of seconds will end up probably being pieces you're not going to use anyways. So, you bring in a guy like Ricky Rubio. You bring in a guy that is going to be available for you. Yes, Rubio himself does get injured from time to time. But you have a guy that can be a floor general when you need it. You don't need to play him 30 minutes a game. He doesn't come over here to play 30 minutes a game. He's going to be okay if he plays less than that. He was playing less than that when Russell was healthy. He understood his role. You need a guy that can come in and play the role of point guard when you have PG off the floor or you have somebody else that's not available and that's why I'm okay with that deal because you're trading a lot of guys that you're not using for someone that you might. That's why I'm okay with
1: that deal. That's fair. That's fair. Um, The team definitely could use a, a an, an orchestrator of sorts when Paul George isn't on the floor because I mean the offense looks a lot different and oftentimes worse when Paul George isn't the one initiating and making the play so I mean from that vantage point I am um, I understand I understand that uh, I just would caution that like he he Ricky Rubio is not going to make us dramatically better oh for and, sure no it, it's
0: more of having an available body Justin.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 that's and and you know Patrick Beverly's injury history, um, it's it. A lot of people don't pay attention to it, but like he only was able to play twenty minutes a night in the bubble. Yeah, you know, and and you know we can't. He he's too important to the team to um to be this injury plagued. So um if. If for nothing else we get somebody at the deadline for Pat that um that can just play that is an available body and you know God bless Reggie Jackson, um, you know, he's been a godsend this year given his veterans minimum deal and what he's been able to do as far as a fill in. But like if we go into the playoffs with him having to play significant minutes at a at the point guard position, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's it's uh Russian roulette there. So um yeah, I'm I'm with you on that.
0: Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's my biggest issue, honestly. And all these trades that keep I prefer Lonzo up. Ball, though. Yeah. Oh, dude, me too. Uh, absolutely. And and I, I love the way Lonzo has played defense ever since UCLA. I mean, that's the guy that's long and athletic, and he's going to get into passing lanes, and he's going to put his hand out. He's going to tip balls. I mean, the guy is averaging this season uh, over one, one point, eh, he's 1.3 steals per game for a career. He's at 1.5 steals per game. And two blocks, I mean, two total point uh, blocks plus steals. So it's a guy that's good defensively. And this year he's averaging 14.2 points per game. He's averaging four rebounds per game and five and a half assists per game. And that's a guy, by the way, that's a rebounding guard. And that's something that Pat Beverly does so well, is rebound yep. the basketball. And so you bring in a guy that's a rebounding guard, perfect fit. I'm with you 100% there. I really am. And I think that you bring in a guy like Lonzo Ball... The question is, how do you make that happen? And I think that's the biggest thing right now with the Clippers is that their treasure chest is basically empty. There's not a whole lot they can deal with. Um, and I know that we—it's been talked about on Twitter—that it really does seem like the Clippers need to get a third or a fourth team involved. The question is, who's going to be stupid enough to help and make it happen? Like, what's it going to be worth for the Clippers to get rid of? I mean, some pieces. I mean, who, you get rid of Terrence Mann do you get rid of Patrick Beverly who wants Patrick Beverly? That's the question, right?
1: Yeah. I mean like Patrick Beverly um, sneakily isn't on a a cheap deal. And for somebody who's like injury prone as he is, um, he's not the most desirable player right now. He has, I would, I would venture to say Patrick Beverly has negative trade value right now. So um, it's, it's, it'll be tough. Um, I, I trust the front office though, to get really creative and whether we do, or we don't do anything at the deadline, it won't be because, um, we, we aren't active and, uh, yeah, I, 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 ex- I expect something, something to happen. And, um, yeah, as you said, they don't have a lot to work with, um, the, in the name of draft equity. So they're, they're going to have to like, maybe get Chicago involved and see what Chicago how they can pry Chicago's um Lori Markinen and Otto Porter and see if they can like Funnel them to New Orleans and like it it would it would because you know those are guys that are young, but they also are guys that the Bulls want to move on from. So that that line of thinking is what's going to have to happen in order to facilitate a deal like that. But I, I don't I don't think it's a long shot, and I definitely think there's a real possibility that by this time next week we're talking about a new Clipper.
0: Yeah, I think that the Clippers need to do something. I really do think that they need to do something. And there is one thing I trust, apart from Ty and that is this front office. I mean, this front office is really good. The one thing about uh, Lonzo Ball that's interesting is that whenever the Clippers make a move, it doesn't come out to the media. Mark Stein is not someone that's going to tweet out what the Clippers are doing. So it'll be interesting. I think that we're going to find a name that perhaps wasn't someone the Clippers thought that they were going to get. Maybe a guy like DeLon Wright is someone that maybe um, is dealt and the Clippers end up grabbing. It'll be interesting to see what the Clippers do. And talking about Patrick Beverly in that contract, if this was next year, totally different conversation because he'd be on expiring and it'd be much easier to deal him because next year he's worth 14 million on somebody's roster. And then he becomes a UFA um, the following year. So if we're talking about next year, much easier to make that move. But like you said, it's not a great contract when someone's not available and It goes back to what I was saying before. As much as we want to say, this team, when they're healthy, they're going to be fine. How often, man, are we watching this team in the playoffs and we see Blake Griffin go down? We see Chris Paul go down. We see Austin Rivers get destroyed in the face. I mean, how many times do we see somebody on the Clippers... Get hurt in the postseason. It's just what happens with this team. So you need to focus on availability, and I think that's my biggest point with these deals. You need to start having guys that are going to be on your roster and available in the playoffs.
1: Nah, I I couldn't I couldn't some I could have I couldn't have summed it up better myself. Um, you know, it it fit matters, but like you know, availability trumps all. Like. I, I we need to get people in the rotation that are going to be on the floor and um yeah i i agree with you i agree with you we we are at a point here where um we need guys who are healthy enough to be on the floor and you know i i don't wish injuries on nobody um but the reality is that the team in front of us, the Lakers are down both of their stars. You know what I mean? Um, we they, This is a chance for the Clippers to um, really, really make a move towards the end, towards the end of the season. And it can be aided if we can trade for somebody who will get on the floor and play and be
0: productive. By the way, Delon Wright averaging 10 and a half points per game this year with four and a half rebounds and five assists. And he's shooting. 40. I played against him in
1: high school. Did you really? Yeah. Um, I, I, at Losinger, um, before he went prep, uh, I played against him in high school. And, uh, you know, the last thing on my mind was DeLon Wright becoming an NBA player, let alone a good one. Wow. But he's fantastic. He's a huge guard and um, good guy. Wow. That's fascinating. And he's a guy that can
0: play the point and also be the shooting guard. And he shoots really well. So at 46% this year, he's shooting 36.5% from three. Um, so, I mean, fine. But he's a really a guy that chips in everywhere, and he is averaging a steal and a half per game with a half a block per game. So, kind of similar um, when you look at Lonzo Ball, um, apart from obviously the scoring. And he's a little bit better of a three point shooter, Lonzo Ball, than DeLon Wright, just numbers wise. So, and I think he'll cost less. But I think that something's going to happen. I think something has to happen. Um, the reason why I bring up DeLon Wright is because I think Killian Hayes is the guy that Detroit wants to build around. I don't think they have any business deal, uh, messing around with a guy who's 28 years old and DeLon Wright. But he's six foot 6'5", um, someone that could chip in. Who, who else, let's say the Alonzo ball is too hard to get. Who else would you want to see as a possible clipper that fits the mold? And, and what's interesting is I'm going to say that because I also think that we can kind of pivot off the whole point guard thing based on your whole PG is a guy that's going to be, have the ball in his hands. I think it wouldn't surprise me if we go off what you just said that more of a shooter comes in. Than more of a, than a point guard guy.
1: Well, I I I I don't necessarily think it's it needs to be a shooter. Mm-hmm. I think what they need is um, someone. If if you are going to make a trade now, obviously Lonzo Ball is someone that um he's turning in a career year and he's a great fit. But even if it's not Lonzo Ball, um, if we could find a way to uh, get a Victor Oladipo. Um, without giving up a Visa Zoo back, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that 100%. Because...
0: 100% they do not trade Zoo, by the way. There is no way you can trade Zoo. That would be the
1: stupidest move by this franchise. I'm not... I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it's a no way. Um, anybody, really? anybody can be anybody can be traded, and um, you know, this is a franchise that traded Blake Griffin three months after maxing him out for five years. So, um, but there was a reason I, behind
0: that. I mean, he was hurt all the time. Zoo is a guy. If you trade him away, your defense gets so much worse. I agree.
1: I agree. I agree. And replacing him is not easy. And you are giving away one of the few if not the only significant young player that you have on the team. So I do think it's unlikely that they trade Zoo, but I'm not ruling it out because even with Zoo right now, um, you could argue that they don't look like a title contender. You know what I mean? I mean, they don't look like a true title contender, even with Zoo. And maybe the solution to that is starting zoo and playing him more playing him and treating him like a starter um i think that could go a long way rather than trading him just commit to him full time as the starter on the team because he is the third best player on the team right now um that being said i think um if they could get somebody with some juice maybe a if they could find a way to get like Terrence Ross or like a Victor Aladipo, somebody with some pop that can like get it downhill, um, make make some make some stuff happen and then make an open shot. You know what I mean? That that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, they, they, they are so desperate for just some other player with some pop and some juice. And that's where lose regression this year has kind of hurt them. Um, so at the deadline, if it's not Alonzo ball type, just somebody like a Victor Oladipo that can like get downhill, get to the rim and make an open shot, be a secondary shot creator when Paul George isn't off the floor. Um, I am feeling Victor Oladipo.
0: Yeah, I think that's too big of a name.
1: I-, I wish. I wish. No, 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 no. I don't. R- but really, I don't. Really. Say that again. I didn't hear you. You don't think so? Really? No. No. Um. He he's an expiring who's going to want max money, which is going to push a lot of teams away, and he's not mm. the youngest of guys anymore, and he has injury history. So I think I think he really is somebody that um. You know he doesn't fit young. He doesn't fit young teams, um, for 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 what he's asking, what he's going to be asking for this summer. At the same time, um, he's going to be a free agent. Um, I could definitely see the Clippers or like the Denver Nuggets or somebody getting in on the Victor Oladipo sweepstakes because playoff teams who need some help are probably the only teams that are going to be willing to take the chance on a Victor Aladipo. If not, if not, he'll probably stay in Houston, but I don't think, I think he's, his name is pretty big, but when you think about it, there aren't that many teams who are in a position where they actually want to trade assets for Victor Aladipo and then sign him to a long-term deal in the summer. And I think the Clippers are a team that's uniquely suited to be be willing to take a chance on Victor Aladipo and be in a position Where it works out they can just max Him out you're going to be in the luxury tax anyway If you resign Kawhi Leonard so um, I don't think I, I think he is A big name but not in the Not in that way there aren't that many Teams that are going to want to trade Assets for Victor Aladipo mm-hmm. mid-season, um, And then Re-up with him in the summer but I, I think The Clippers are one of those teams though that Would be willing to do it Would you if trade zoo if they could right now? Yeah, for Depot. would you trade Zoo for Oladipo? Ah, uh, man, I, I just did a um I just did a pod this week with um Lucas yeah. on the Lob the jam where that topic came up and you know, I go back and forth with it because make no mistake about it, I love Zoo. I I, told, I tweeted yesterday that I thought he was a star. Like, I think he's an all-star level player. Um I whew, I I lean no. I honestly lean no. Yeah, me too. Um, but but, I mean, they need shot creation so bad that I don't know. Like, like if Andre Drummond gets bought out and he becomes your starting center with Victor Oladipo, is that the is that the worst thing in the world?
0: Yeah, if, if Drummond's playing
1: thirty minutes a night and he's eating into Zoo's minutes,
0: yes, it is. No, no, Zoo wouldn't be in the equation. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, so you're saying if, if you trade Oladipo for Zoo and you end up with Drummond on the on the market as the fill in. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure how efficient Drummond's going to be. I think he's more of a numbers guy than he actually is as a player. I think he puts up sexy numbers, um, especially in fantasy circles, but I'm not sure how good he is as a replacement. But yeah, man, this is where Lawrence Frank is going to have to make his money because this team has to win a title, and you have to do it with Kawhi. I mean, you have a window with Kawhi and PG. PG's obviously signed long-term now, um, but you got to win. And I'm just not sure getting rid of Zoo is the way to do it. Um, and it's weird to say that, that you're basically saying don't trade away Zoo because he's a great asset. I mean, the guy's on a really cheap contract. And so he, he'll bring you pretty much anybody you want that is not a huge name. That um, I think if a team wants to build around him, I think it would make a lot of sense. It's, it's crazy, man. It's really tough to figure out. And it's going to be interesting. But I think that we both agree that something's going to be done. In the next few days,
1: I absolutely, I absolutely, I, 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 can't imagine that, um, at, that the Clippers will let the deadline go without, um, without doing something. Yeah, it, it has to happen. Yeah.
0: Well, it's always great talking to you, Justin Wilson. LA Clippers film is where you can see him on Twitter. Honestly, one of my favorite guests. Love having him on. We have him on every couple weeks. Um, I'm excited. We'll talk about. Whatever the Clippers did, the deadline in a couple weeks with Justin, we'll get his take on it. We'll be back in the middle, middle of the week and we'll chat about what happened. But Justin, always a great time, man. The vaxxed Justin Wilson. <laughs> Big thanks, man.
1: Thank you for having me. Hopefully we do. Hopefully we trade at the deadline for like Lonzo and like, or like Victor Aladipo and I could be like a prophet or something and I can come back and like say, see, but we'll see what happens. It wouldn't
0: surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Justin Wilson, everybody. As I finished up my conversation with Justin, as we uh, signed off on Skype and we weren't recording still, he said, it's going to happen. Oladipo, Lonzo Ball is going to become a Clipper. So if it happens, Justin Wilson, the prophet, he is indeed going to be exactly that. We'll see. I'm excited to see what happens, and I hope you are too. It really should be an interesting deadline. This team, like we've said, has the talent. I mean, there's no doubt about it, offensively, defensively, wherever you look, this team has the ability to win a title, forget what the media says. There is no team that is more disliked in the media after the Lob City Clippers than the Clippers at this point. And understandably so, because it's a team that continues to get picked for the title and a team that continues to fail to get to the Western Conference Finals. And so you can't get the accolades that the Clippers want to get in the media without winning. And so the Clippers have to put up or shut up. And that's exactly what I think they're going to do And I'm optimistic with what Ty Lue can do. Justin Russo was posting on Twitter earlier today some stuff that he thinks that the Clippers offensively are doing things differently than they did earlier in the season. And that's really positive. It shows that he's continuing to build, continuing to throw stuff in there. And once we get to playoff time, there's going to be stuff that teams haven't seen. So I'm optimistic about what this team's going to do, especially offensively. Defensively, they've got it. I mean, they have guys that can play defense. I just think that there's one or two more pieces they need to beat a team like Brooklyn, because it's going to be tough to beat Brooklyn. Um, We'll see what happens with Anthony Davis and LeBron and their health, but it's going to be tough, obviously, to beat the Lakers. Utah is good. I think the Clippers can beat Phoenix in a playoff series. Um, I just don't think they're good enough. I think they have some pieces that are nice. I just don't think that they're as good as the Clippers. So we'll see. Um, Before we do get there, though, I got to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. Is there anything better than the fresh mowed grass at the ballpark on opening day? How about... Freshly groomed balls. Our sponsors at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, are here to help you strike out your bush for good. It's a whole new ball game, folks, and Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. I'll tell you these products are no joke. So easy to use, I have all the confidence in the world with the best tools for the job at Manscaped. Manscaped has the redesigned electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created the lawnmower 3.0. They make sure that anytime you want to shave, you do not have those cuts that you will get once in a while. You Use that razor and you got that bleeding or you try and use your scissors. You accidentally snip things happen and they're not pretty. So go ahead and use the Manscaped products. They make sure that you clean up nicely and look good, smell good, hit it out of the ballpark this season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code HOOPBALL20. Baseball's back. Don't let your pubes get out of whack. So a nice win for the Los Angeles Clippers last night, and you hope that they can continue to build on that and We will see if they do against the Hawks because that's the next game on the 22nd, which is tomorrow. So you have Atlanta. Then you have a back-to-back in San Antonio Wednesday and Thursday. And then a game against Doc Rivers, Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday. So we'll be back midweek. We'll chat about the deadline. We'll come back most likely on Friday. I'll record a podcast a little bit later in the week. We'll talk about that San Antonio back-to-back. We'll talk about the trade deadline and we'll get you a podcast and bring you everything up to date. Remember, you can always follow the podcast at Hoopball Clips. You can follow me on Twitter at BDMarcus. Of course, if you're able to rate and review the podcast, always does help. Give us a five-star rating and review the podcast as well. Big thank you. Always do appreciate anybody who do, does listen. Feel free to reach out at BDMarcus on Twitter. Let me know what you think and any guests you want to have on. So until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus, and go Clips!
1: This has been a hoop Ball presentation.